Blurred Up, Blurred Up. Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. You can find us on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. We are on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. And we're on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U-P. We're also on Blurred.com. We're also on Blurred.com, a great site full of nerdy cultural content from a black cultural lens. If you are creative, preferably a woman or queer, please holler at us. Holler at me at bu at blurred.com. I am your host, Brendan, and I'm joined by Marquita. Hey, yo. And we're here to talk about Will Smith's latest movie, Gemini Man. And we're also going to talk about the new Netflix show, Raising Dion with Spoilers Later. But first, I want to do a quick follow-up on our Joker review from last week. Ooh. Yeah, first, shout out to everyone who gave us such positive feedback. It's I've probably never had so much for one of our shows. I think it was a really important show to, to have, yeah. For sure. Thank you to Marquita, one of our longest listeners, and she wrote a big comment on the page about um, appreciating you talking about mental health and how that's personal for you. And that was brave enough to make me come out about it myself. So thank you. Oh, I didn't think I did much, but you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Okay. Let's go on to Joker box office numbers because we talked about last time. Venom had the record from last year. Joker is the new king of October with a $96 million weekend gross. I, I can definitely believe that. Yeah. I couldn't believe that Venom was the top of all movies, Venom. But now it's been replaced, so I feel I feel happier. Yeah. Did you hear about the uh, the scare at that movie theater? Luckily, there was no actual violence this weekend. Mm-hmm. But there was a scare that uh, there was some, some man. Mm-hmm. He was laughing obnoxiously at the murders in the movie. Oh. And so people, like, start to leave the theater because they were afraid. Yeah, I would have probably have left as well. That's, Hell yeah. that's terrifying. Yeah. And like I said last week, like you don't know who it could be. No, not at all. I had a, a homie post on Instagram, like all that fear mongering for nothing. And I'm like, <laughs> better safe than sorry. Like you, we know where we live. Yeah. Well, we don't live there anymore, but where y'all live. Yeah. Let's start off with Gemini Man. Oh, now, God. Oh, uh, oh, oh. Don't spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> All I said was, oh, God, that's it. No. <laughs> that's it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Nothing, nothing. I like to uh, let the audience kind of guess where, where we fall on it, but it's okay. For people who don't know, we live in Korea. And I've actually lived in Asia for nearly all my adult life. I lived in Korea for 11 years now and one year in Japan. I studied there. The celebrity that the natives have compared me the most to has been Will Smith. Of course. For the children, I was Obama teacher for a long time. Mm -hmm. I was once called Iron Man's friend teacher. Mm -hmm. And of course, last year I was called Mr. Black Panther by a few kids. You are wearing a Black Panther shirt today. So, you know. Yeah. Wakanda forever. Forever, ever. If it makes you feel any better, I was compared to Serena Williams by my adult students. 
Okay. I mean, like, he's, I mean, she's great. I yeah, love her. You better know? than being like, you know, crackhead teacher. Or I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. There are worse people to be called, to be compared to, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. But yeah, Will Smith, man. You look at what Will Smith did in the 90s, Fresh Prince, mm -hmm. Bad Boys in 95, the following year, Independence Day, which redefined summer blockbusters as we knew them. Mm -hmm. Next year, Men in Black. Next year, Enemy of the State. Next year, Wild Wild... Uh, wild Wild West. Yeah, let's... Let's just keep going. Uh, Bagger Vance. But, uh, you know, hey, Ali. Ali in 2000, you know, it was great. Mm -hmm. Bad Boys 2. A bit of forgettable stuff for several years until I Am Legend. That was a big juggernaut hit. Mm -hmm. And The Pursuit of Happiness, which really showcased just how much range he had beyond, you know, the quips mm -hmm. and the ha-ha-ha-has. I got some information from Digital Spy, and I learned a few things. In the 2000s, Will Smith became the only actor ever to have eight consecutive movies gross over $100 million at the U.S. box office. I can definitely believe that. Yeah. I assume The Rock or someone has probably outdone him there to mm -hmm. some degree now, but then you look at his movies over the past decade, it's like Wangsta by 50 Cent, you know? <laughs> Damn, homie. Back in the day, you was the man, homie. In 2016, Forbes reported that Will Smith was the second most overpaid actor in Hollywood. He was only second to Johnny Depp in cost and efficiency. And I'm, mm. I'm assuming that means how much they're paid compared to the box office they bring in. Right. You know, after Earth happened. Oh, that yuck. did happen, didn't it? Yeah. You know, things got so rough, he turned to Netflix with that Bright movie. You, you watched that movie? I tried to, but I had to turn it off like 30 minutes in. It was so boring. Yeah, I couldn't. I didn't watch it. So now we have Gemini Man, or the Fresh Prince of Assassins. <laughs> Aesthetically, this marries the cool imagery of Will Smith holding rifles like in I Am Legend and the nostalgia for when he was younger. You know, a lot of people talk about this movie. Is it a return to form for Will Smith? Mm. Well, we already know where Keita falls on it. <laughs> mm. Let's, when, I, when I saw the trailer... I only thought of one thing. Mm -hmm. That CGI looks bad. Yeah. Like, how are they going to carry that for an entire movie? And I'm here to report that my concerns were largely well-founded. <laughs> Let me get this out the way, too. I did not like this movie. I don't recommend it. It's very forgettable. We'll get to the CGI later. Let's just start with the basic mm -hmm. summary. Will Smith plays Henry Brogan. He's the ultimate assassin. The opening scene is him sniping a man inside of a moving bullet train while he himself is like two kilometers away. Mm -hmm. Movie shows you that he really is like the black John Wick mm -hmm. with more ha-has. <laughs> but for Henry, that was his last job. But because he learned something he shouldn't have on his way out, he gets targeted for death. Soon after, he learns that the person hunting him is in fact his clone. Dun, dun, dun. You know, it's, it's a decent premise with potential. You know the themes, military industrial complex, ethics, midlife crises, regrets, whatnot. Standard fare. What elevates movies with these basic plots are character, dialogue, direction, and action. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, 
this movie fails in some ways, or it's just, to me, mediocre in others. Mm-hmm. I I highly agree. Like, personally, I felt as though this could have been better as, like, a Call of Duty game. Like, that's what it felt like to me. Like, like you said, the the story is just kind of, you know, like, you can kind of already guess what, what is going on through the trailer. Mm-hmm. And once you watch the movie, like, as I was watching it, it was basically just, you know, trying to be this hero action movie. And it was trying to like show Will Smith, you know, as good as he was in, in the old days and Mm. things like that. And look at this cool imagery of Will Smith, you know, with a gun and doing a chase, but it, it just kind of fell flat for me. But even in this movie, even the younger versions doing like parkour and things that we've never seen Will Smith do. So it's kind of, it's a little bit too much. Like, it's too... I don't know. Well, let's get into it. I mm-hmm. want to start with the character. Will Smith is... Will Smith. <laughs> he he <laughs> he plays closer to Robert Neville's character in I Am Legend. You know, badass loner. But he definitely has more heart mm-hmm. off the bat. He tries to convey that his job took a toll on him, and all he wants is peace. And I think he did his thing largely... Like, Will Smith may appear in bad movies, but he's never been a bad actor. Right, yeah. The supporting cast is pretty small. Mary Elizabeth Winstead gets the largest amount of screen time with Will Smith as Danny. Do you remember her big movie? It's it's a big, big nerd movie. What is it? She was Ramona Flowers from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I have not seen that movie as a... I know, I know. It's on my list. I mean, apparently not many people saw it because it didn't really gross that high. But mm-hmm. I think it's one of the best comic adaptations of all time. Mm-hmm. It's great. But yeah, I think she has action movie potential. Like probably my favorite scene, my favorite action scene was probably with her. Yeah. Because she fought against an actual person and there was more gravity to the hits mm-hmm. and the damage. It was very visceral. Yeah. The other characters are Clive Owen as the bad guy, Varys. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty standard bad guy name. Well, should should we say that? Because that might give it away. No. No. <laughs> That's going to spoil it. No, it? off the bat, you know who he is. <laughs> In the trailer, you know who he is. Mm. I mean, he, he sends the assassins, so obviously we know who he is. He's a mm-hmm. bad guy. That was a pretty lackluster character to me. And Benedict Wong... <laughs> I had to laugh when I saw him. Like, he actually did something this time. Like, he actually did something. I'm so proud of him. He's come a long way. Yeah, he's he's a friend to Henry, and he brings the comedic relief. Yeah, I think he's fine. Like, I can never hate on Benedict Wong. Yeah, he's a good actor. It's just that, like, his his character, he's never going to live down uh, the, like, Wong from, End- from Avengers. Like, yeah. He he actually did something in this movie, so I was very happy. I was like, oh, yay. He seems like one of the guys you just want to have a beer with. Yeah, know? he seems really chill. I want to go on to the CGI now. Mm. We going to rip it up? Mm-hmm. I'll say the CGI on Junior, mm-hmm. who is the Fresh Prince. From now on, let's call him the Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. The CGI on the Fresh Prince was inconsistent. Yeah. I think when he's stationary... It often looks pretty good. Right. It takes a minute to get used to the CGI, but given what Marvel has done with their own de-aging technology with uh, Samuel L. Jackson Mm -hmm. and 
Michael Douglas, and even Robert Downey Jr., it doesn't really hold up as well to me. Mm. But again, in those de-aging scenes with Marvel, they didn't really have a lot of action going on. You could say Captain Marvel kind of had it, but that wasn't a good movie anyway. So, Wow, that's another discussion for another time. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Anyway. But yeah, the CGI, like when, like you said, when he's uh, stationary, it's it's okay. But then when they fought, you, at least I could definitely tell. And I was like, this is, I is your grandma still listening? Possibly. Uh, well, I I thought this is poop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, poop. But I will say, not CGI related, but I will definitely say uh, shout outs to the Philadelphia roots. They they do mention Philadelphia in the movie. So I'm from Philadelphia. So when I heard that, I was like, yeah, Philly represent. Yeah, because Junior isn't a real character, he's the only CGI aspect of the film besides bullets sometimes. And he can look out of place. Like during his first entrance and fight with Hen- Henry, he looked like a video game character, the way that he moved, or something from a movie of a previous decade. And I assume the producers and directors recognized the CG was bad because the longest fight scene between Henry and Junior was at night inside of a catacomb. Yeah. Fortunately, there weren't any quick edits, so you didn't know what was going on, but it was obnoxiously dark enough to see the intent of masking the weak CGI. Yeah. I think besides the fight with Ramona Flowers. <laughs> I love that name. Yeah. I think the first action scene with them was the best mm. when they were in, in Colombia. It's mm. in the trailer. Like they're both riding motorcycles. One of them's on top of a, a roof. I agree. But I think it soiled itself at the conclusion, just doing ridiculous stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, like seeing what, happened like he eventually like runs out of bullets the fresh prince runs out of bullets so like you know he has to try to finish the job in the way that he can but he kicked henry's ass with a motorcycle i thought that was like i didn't think that like you said i think that was the best scene the best fight scene in the entire movie but i thought that that was particularly cool like but i thought it was really weird how even though Will Smith is this, you know, the greatest assassin of all time, still, like, how can you move that quickly while you're being fought with a motorcycle? You know what I mean? Like, that that part was just kind of unbelievable for me, and that kind of ruined it. For me, I found it crazy that, given all that the Fresh Prince dealt to Henry, he wasn't knocked out or just dead. Mm. I mean, it's like John Wick and the and plot armor. Like after unbelievable beatdowns, they're fine. They get a few bandages, right. maybe a stitch or two, and it's business as usual. And I hate that. Yeah, but it's like we we gave John Wick a pass because it had style, mm-hmm. a more interesting character, and better world building to to let you know that this world is pretty much a superhero comic like universe mm-hmm. where anything could happen. For Gemini Man, it hints at the ridiculous, like with that train assassination, Mm. but never really revisits that kind of crazy. It attempts to be more grounded, but in effect, it's largely boring and inconsistent with Mm. what it wants to be. 
The dialogue is often eye roll worthy during the dramatic parts. I saw this with some friends, and I often did that like Fresh Prince shrug action meme throughout. This is written by some of the people who wrote Shazam, which I didn't like. Mm-hmm. X Men Origins Wolverine, mm-hmm. Turbo, Goosebumps, mm-hmm. but Game of Thrones, which I've ne- I've never seen. Oh. Besides Game of Thrones, it's not really high pedigree of talent there. Yeah, and this was directed by Ang Lee. Yeah, that's what I noticed as soon as I saw the credits pop up. I was like, oh okay. You know, Crouch and Tiger, Brokeback Mountain, Life of Pi. He takes several years between films. Mm-hmm. What was so attractive about this to make him want to do it? The direction was straightforward, and I almost feel cheated that he used darkness to cover for the lack of production in the CGI. But to his credit, the scene that I was talking about before, it wasn't a bad scene. Right. Yeah, I don't have much else to say about this movie, to be honest. I'll just wrap up with my thoughts, and I'll let you do the same. I'll use one of the lines from the movie. None of this was necessary. (laughs) Of course, you know, no action film is necessary. But for me, it's like, who is this for? Like, who's your audience? This was just aggressively mediocre to me. Whatever formula that Will Smith used to use to choose his movies, he really needs to reconfigure. Yeah, definitely. It's like he's still a wonderful actor. Mm-hmm. And like, I think everyone is waiting for him to come back and just give us a win. Even if he makes 10 more of these movies, we'll still wait for him. Yeah. But bruh, choose better movies. Mm-hmm. Well, my thoughts, like I said, when I walked in, this definitely was a labor of love for this show for me. <laughs> like I saw the the trailer and I was kind of interested but at the same time I thought uh, I don't know like Will Smith's you know last few movies they weren't great you know he's a great guy I love him to death you know from my hometown Philly represent but at the same time what what did I tell you when you when you asked it like if you wanted to see it at like 10 in the morning I, I was like I'm not sure if it's worth me waking up early on a holiday to see <laughs> and I, I I don't feel like I wasted my time, but at the same time, don't pay to see. Just wait until it comes out. Netflix. Netflix or stream it or something like that when you just want a time killer. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Cook your food, clip your toenails, clean the house while you're watching this. This is not <laughs> it's not important. I talked about Will Smith and Obama, but I feel like even just He's such a important figure for black culture. He really is. Even his family, I feel like, are more iconic than the Obama family. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone knows Michelle, you know, and the daughters, mm-hmm. you know. But, like, everyone knows Jada. Everyone knows Willow mm-hmm. Everyone knows Jaden. Jaden. Mm-hmm. Right. Man, just make a better movie, please. Yeah. We love you, Will Smith. We love We you. just don't love some of the movies. Not- I mean, at this point... The ratio. It's like Star Wars, you know? Mm. Star Wars first came out, those three movies were like pop, pop, pop. Mm. Good. But man, they kept making them and that and that that ratio of good to bad movies started to started to tilt. Yeah. Will Smith, mm. Rude for you, man. Fellow Philadelphians, we gotta stick together. Yeah. On that note, I want us to share our favorite Will Smith movie. You wanna, you wanna <sighs> go first? 
I don't know. I have, oh, can it be like favorite Will Smith roles and not movies in particular? Why not both? Huh. What What do you have in mind? You go first. My favorite Will Smith movie is Enemy of the State. Mm. I think a lot of people point to like The Pursuit of Happiness or Independence Day or Men in Black, but mm. I'm, you know, my major was international studies and human rights, politics and whatnot. And so even before I went to college, Emmy the State kind of tapped into that, that paranoia about government surveillance and just how much are they doing to us. And that movie is more relevant than ever. Right. Right. It's obviously dated in some of the, the technology, of course. But the overall themes I thought were great. Will Smith was great. You know, his best movie is he's paired with someone else, right? Bad Boys, he's paired with Martin Lawrence. Independence Day, he's kind of paired with Jeff Goldblum a little bit. Mm-hmm. Men in Black, he's paired with Tommy Lee Jones. But I really liked his interactions with Gene Hackman. Mm. It was really unique. So, yeah, that's my movie. Oh, man, you did that so easily. Oh, I can't pick just one. I, I think, uh, let's see. I I think I'm just going to go with the classic. Like It's not a movie, but his classic role in The Fresh Prince. Movie. She's a movie. A movie? She's a movie. Oh, that's not fair. Okay. A movie uh, in particular, I want to say Men in Black. It's a good movie. Yeah. I rewatched that this year. It's still great. Mm. It's still funny. Yeah. I think, uh, like, a lot of people say, like, Men in Black 2 and Men in Black 3 were, you know, cash grabs or whatever. But I think if you watch the whole series, especially, like, Men in Black 3, like, it sounds dumb, but I, I actually cried in Men in Black 3. Really? Have you seen it? No, man. I watched 2. I think Men in Black 2. 2 is... Uh. Men in Black 2 still may be the worst theatrical experience I've ever had. <laughs> like, I almost walked out the theater. I was so angry at that movie. I mean, Men in Black 2 wasn't great, but I think Men in Black 3 was... It It, it ties in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I heard it was better. Yeah. So I... Maybe I'll catch it on Netflix if it's still there. Yeah. I'll check it out. Okay. Let us know what your favorite Will Smith movie is in the comments. And let us know how you feel about Gemini Man if you actually go see it. Now, let's shift focus to Raising Dion. This is a new Netflix show. It came out October 4th, same day as The Joker premiered. Mm-hmm. And the new Danny Brown album. Check that out for you rap fans out there, which... Marquita is not one. <clears throat> oh, that was subtle. Real subtle. For those unaware, the basic premise is a single mother learns that her son has superpowers and does her best to help him control them and protect him from forces that would exploit him mm-hmm. or harm him. This is based off of a 2015 comic book and short film by Dennis Liu. Carol Barbie adapted a screenplay from them, and the series was greenlit in 2017 with both Barbie and Lou as executive producers. And obviously, the biggest name on the credits is Killmonger himself, right? Michael B. Jordan, who served as executive producer and a supporting role. I've been looking forward to this for a few years now, ever since I saw the short film. And a bit has changed since then, but we'll maybe talk about that a little later. Let's start off with the good. And I personally think there is a lot of good here. The strongest aspect of the show is the cast. Mm. Alicia Wainwright is fantastic as Nicole Warren, the mother of Dion. Mm. Having been raised by a single mother myself, 
since Dion's age, I could totally feel her her joy, anxiety, loneliness, mm-hmm. as well as her genuine warmth and concern for her child. You really feel for her. Mm. Her biggest role before this was in Shadowhunters. I haven't seen that show. Neither have I. But she's largely just had kind of supporting roles prior to this. But I sincerely hope she gets more work in the future. I think she's a great actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she definitely put a lot of effort in. But I wouldn't say that her performance was my favorite. I'm not saying she was bad, but mm-hmm. just, I don't know. There were, there were some parts that I thought could have been better. She looks like Alicia Keys's like younger yeah. sister to me. I was actually thinking that. like She reminds me of Alicia Keys. She's absolutely gorgeous, which raised a flag in the show sometimes for me mm-hmm. because she's struggling to find a job and talks about how out of shape she is. But I'm looking at the screen like, why are you always lying? Mm-hmm. Meme, you know, it's like we can all see you. Mm-hmm. Like, There's even some flashbacks to her in her college years. Mm-hmm. And she looks the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of and that's kind of a knock on the on the show, which we may, we may get to a little later on, but. Despite her being just like model level, just of beauty, she still has that lady next door vibe to her, especially when she's stressed out. Mm. Sometimes when she's like going in for a job interview, she's like, you know, obviously gorgeous. But when in stressful times and she's exhausted or yeah. or tired, she definitely has a more lady next door kind of vibe to her. I mean, yeah, she did. But I think that also speaks to the fact that uh, the the woman who is playing Dion's mother in the the trailer is different and a lot of people are upset about that. Oh you mean in the in the short film? In the short film, sorry, yes, in the true. short film, not trailer. So like I think a lot of people a lot of people had said, well, why did that actress change? Because they said that felt a little bit more realistic. It felt a little bit like she she had more of a how can I say, like, it felt like she had more of a motherly vibe. And then a lot of a lot of folks that I've seen online have been uh, kind of bringing in the, the C word colorism. Mm. So I, I kind of wondered about that because, of course, she is beautiful. But it's like, why didn't they go with the original actress? Why did they change? You know, that kind of thing. Sure. The original actress, but also the original idea right because right. even the, in the short film she made she made her own superhero book to mm-hmm. teach her son how to be a better right how to control his powers i haven't read the comic book so i don't know like what is hmm. what's true because even in the short film her late husband was in the military mm-hmm. whereas in this show michael b jordan is the father mm-hmm. and he was a scientist Right. So I don't know what what's more accurate. I don't know if she was darker in the comic book or et cetera. And on the notion of colorism, mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to that in a second. But I think her chemistry with Dion was great. Yeah. And it almost makes you forget that that boy looks nothing like her. Right. But I I didn't want to say anything. But it's just no. It's very true. Yeah. In the short film, the mother and the son definitely look more related right than these these people it's kind of like um chadwick boseman playing uh james brown (laughs) it's like you don't look at all like james brown but you're so good at acting like him that we let it go if you just had a picture of the father mother and son together you're like somebody Mm -hmm. mm, no this ain't working out but 
they work so well together. Yeah. You let it go. I did. But colorism, I I, def- I feel you on that. Mm. For sure. Uh, Josiah Young plays Dion. He's great. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah, he's he's precocious, but very innocent with his faith and trust in others. However, he's not perfect by any means. But I think that that's also just him being a child. Like, I think I really enjoyed his acting uh, because like it felt it felt like his real responses like right. yeah sure you know he was given dialogue and sure. whatnot but like he did it in the way that a child would actually do it right and that's that I think that's uh, one of the big reasons why I enjoyed this because you know the the children who were acting they they just were themselves and yes from what we could see they they had a lot of fun with it so totally yeah you have this kid who can do all these amazing things mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he says squirrel and runs off to go chase a squirrel I love that part in the forest you know there were so many little things like that as you said children just being children and a mother and, and son interacting in the midst of all this crazy stuff you know stop running in the house mm-hmm. you know no snacks before bed and those little tiny touches mm-hmm. nicknames and we got to talk about Esperanza, though. Oh, my God. My favorite. She was my favorite, like, my absolutely favorite character of the entire show. Absolutely. I loved her. Anytime she was on screen, she always knew what to say. She had the personality. Oh, I loved her so much. Sa- Sammy Sammy Haney, is that correct? Sammy Haney. She Thanks. actually commented on our Instagram page. Hi, Sammy. You were Yo, amazing. If you listen. <laughs> yeah, she just started acting this year. Really? She has osteogenesis imperfecta type Mm. 3, which is also known as brittle bone disease. So even in a show that centers around a black boy and his black single mother with broad discussions of racism and sexism, we'll get into that later, addressing ableism is something that mainstream media doesn't do as often, especially with children and family shows. Right. So it was really refreshing to see that even in a broader sense, and it was refreshing to see an actual disabled person work mm-hmm. as opposed to someone just acting in a chair. Right. It, it added, as you said, with the children, it added more realism to her character. She just seems really sweet as a person. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just jets out in her acting. She is someone who I would definitely want to hang out with. Like if I if I were still teaching children, like she is someone who I would really love to have in my class. Yeah. You just want to hug her every time she's on screen. Oh. Whenever someone's mean to her, your your heart breaks. But then she just like she just punches right back. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. Apparently the person who played her father in the show was actually her father. Wow. Yeah. Good on y'all. <laughs> so apparently she I don't know the exact details, but she she like her dad designs and helps make shirts for disabled people. Oh. She actually has her own brand, essentially. That's awesome. Yeah, just much luck to her. At such a young age, she's got a bright future ahead of her. Yeah, for real. That entire family, you guys are killing it. Yeah. Keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, again, the strongest aspect is the cast. Mm -hmm. The story is fine. There weren't really too many surprises. Yeah. And they really only come really at the end of the show. I think the dialogue could have been better, but 
Mm. Mm. I think like this is made for a family in mind and right. not just adults. So right. I think I also have to keep that in mind as well. The story was a bit predictable or or the dialogue. I would, they would talk and I'm like chopping vegetables and I would just finish the sentence sometimes. Right. I know what's coming. Let's go into some things that we didn't love so much. And I'll start with the CGI ranges from decent to bad. And I think the worst of it was in the first episode. I, I heard some people got turned off to continue watching the show because of that. And I encourage you all to keep going because it's, it's never amazing. But I think it's it's passable. Mm. Uh, some of the things I didn't like, like I said, the, the dialogue was a little bit... Mm. Uh, a little bit dull for some of the adults in the show specifically. Yeah. Um, to me, it felt like it was trying to be another version of Stranger Things. That's what it felt like to me. Mm. Only for kids. But, like, I can I can understand that. But it's just, like, it, it felt like it was trying to be, like, this kind of mystery with powers and things like that. And it, that that's just how it felt to me. But it didn't, I don't know. And it's very meta that you you mentioned another character, Pat. He uh, His ringtone was Stranger Things. Exactly. Yeah. So we're in some weird like alternate universe where Netflix exists, mm-hmm. but they're not on it. Mm. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, there was a character turn. There was a character turn that I did not like. Mm-hmm. And my other negative, same with uh, some other, sorry. And my other negative, they don't really define what the kid can do or his limits. He's kind of like Jack-Jack from The Incredibles. It's like whatever the plot needs him to do, he just kind of does it. But I I think that makes sense, though, because he's still trying to make sense of his his powers. He doesn't know what he can do yet. I understand. And maybe once the whole series is completed, then mm-hmm. it'll make sense. But for Jack-Jack, part of the fun was just he's a baby. And he's just doing whatever he wants because he's a baby. Mm-hmm. And for the show, it was never – I never, like – I was never upset. But I just – I kind of – I need to know what's going on with with, with this kid. Mm-hmm. Because it's like he has powers from other. It's a spo- it's a spoiler to talk about, so I can't really go into it. I'll, I'll... I think we should get to the spoiler section yeah, soon. Like... Yeah, I do want to say one more thing on a positive level. I really enjoyed. We talked about just the mother son kind of aspects. Mm-hmm. There's a particular scene where. Is it her her neighbor? No, not the neighbor. Oh. Nicole, mm-hmm. who pl- who's played by Alicia Wainwright has to decide to talk to her son about racism. Mm, yes. And that was just heartbreaking for me. That made me that made me kind of tear up. Yeah. It's I really like the show. It's not perfect by any means, but it combines superhero stuff with things that kids go through for real. Right. And what black kids go through for real. Yeah. Did you ever watch Black Lightning? No, I never did. It's pretty good, but it also sometimes and oftentimes deals with politics or social, political matters. Right. The thing that Black Lightning has over this show is music. 
I didn't really like the the soundtrack in this show at all. It felt like they they were trying to you know. That's why I said it felt like Stranger Things. Stranger Things used a lot of like music from that era. But it was good, and we know it. This show, it just felt like it was kind of placed there. And it was mediocre. Me. Like a lot of it wasn't even licensed. Like you know, mm-hmm. there was um that Daniel Caesar song that everyone's been using. It's kind of overplayed at this point. It's it still has its place. But a lot of songs were just kind of like I don't know this this music, and right. it's not really good either. Yeah, except Alicia Keys, no one. Yes, of course. Yeah, that was good. But that that scene uh, where she did have to talk to him about that, like I think uh, I was thinking about that, and I've actually been suggesting Netflix shows to my students because you know I teach adults, mm-hmm. and they're always wondering, you know, how can I learn English, or you know, how can I practice listening, and I always suggest them all the Netflix shows I watch and uh, I suggested Raising Dion and I told them like so far for me it was okay but then I watched this scene and I thought like wow like I wonder if my students are actually going to understand that this is a real conversation that right. black mothers have to have with their sons sometimes yeah because it you know you see it on tv or you know on social media a lot of uh parents of color and let's be real here a lot of you know black parents they have to have these conversations to prepare their their children their sons especially for a world that literally hates them and a world that's trying to get rid of them because of fear and ignorance and it's just like this kid is literally he's he's seven or eight years old right and it's just you know like when you think about that, I don't know how else to bring the point home to non-black folks of color or to, you know, non-people of color. I don't know how, what else to do. Yeah. Literally, when you have to have this kind of conversation, it's, you know, with a child, mm. it's just what what else can we say about our experience? Right. So I really hope that people watching this show can understand or at least begin to understand, you know, yeah, sure, it's a show about kids with superpowers, but like you said, people really go through some of this stuff every day. Right. So. So overall, recommendations from both of us. Yeah, I'd recommend it. All right. Let's get to the spoilers. Spoiler alert. So, again, if you haven't seen it, turn off now. If you, ha- if you haven't seen it, you don't care. Keep listening. Three, two... One. All right. Let's talk about Pat. Oh my God. Okay. So I really loved Pat. Like he was he was my ideal type. Literally. Like if I like of course you know I'm single now, but like uh, the person She's single. Yeah, I'm single guys. But the person that I'm looking for is literally Pat. Literally. Like he was nerdy, he was, you know, a little awkward, he was warm hearted and whatnot. Mm. Like I, I saw him and I, I thought, why aren't they together? Who? Pat and Nicole. But, uh, <laughs> but, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Okay. So that that was that was when that was my first thought within the first few episodes, no. and then I saw more and more of their relationship, and then I thought, uh, I can see why, you know. Of course, like she has her husband, and you know he's he's my type, but probably not her type. That kind of thing. Let's talk about type. She married Killmonger. Yeah, but I got my own problems with Killmonger. Okay, I mean, we all do. (laughs) But I'm saying, though, okay, let's take Killmonger out of it. She married Michael B. Jordan. So how is she going to go from that 
to Pat? Well, I think that's probably just my type. Like, I'm I'm into guys like Pat personally. <laughs> and again, if there was a lady like like that, like whatever, that's great. But I'm I'm saying like for the character's sake, and, and, right? And, and let's get to the spoiler here. How do you feel about Pat's aggression towards Nicole? That is when I stopped liking him. Yeah. That course. is the moment. As soon as he started, what was that, episode seven, eight, something like that, mm. like towards towards the end when you start realizing what kind of person he was, automatically my attraction for him turned off like that. Did you feel that the kiss was okay or not okay? No, not. Okay. Uh, I mean, I felt like it wasn't a real kiss. Like it was kind of a, I don't know, like a not a stressful situation, but just kind of like... Uh, um, in the moment mm. thing it wasn't real it mm-hmm. was just kind of like we're both there we both have been in each other's lives for a long mm. time and it, it just kind of felt like one of those kisses but then of course you know nicole you know pulled back and 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 was like look you know i don't like you that way and you know I'm, i was so happy about that yeah because a i think pat's fine but i'm like yeah she obviously likes i mean she obviously married michael b jordan and she's like feeling like hot chocolate at the dance studio. I'm like, you are not her type. So when he kissed her, I was like, okay, hopefully they don't do this romance thing. And they didn't. But yeah, as you said, once she was like, no, I was like, I hope this thread is gone now. Right. He can just be back to being a supportive godfather. Right. But then when he, you know, came to the studio to see her and saw her dancing with, with hot chocolate. With hot chocolate, is that what you're gonna call? I him? don't know. I don't know his name. With hot chocolate, I don't know his name. So he's gonna be called. He's, it'll be called hot chocolate. I'm sorry. I thought again. He saw her dancing. I'm gonna go away. The thread is done. Mm-hmm. But he stayed there and pushed the issue. Right. And I'm like, bruh, stay in your lane. Do you, do you see who she's talking to? Who she's getting intimate with? Like you're not that person whatsoever. So when he brought up the whole kind of male entitlement, yes. Kind of, I was so disappointed. I mean, Um, I know there are a lot of nice guys and nerds who kind of have that that mentality. Right. But for me, given all that they've been through at that point, why would you? I was just, it felt forced. Even like even the kiss felt forced to me because prior to that kiss, there was nothing in the show that had the camera linger on him looking longingly at her. Right. So it just kind of came out of nowhere. As you said, it was in the moment. And so I hope that they wouldn't really keep that going. But they did, and I was just that was to me the biggest mark against the show. Right, kind of a forced romance. Yeah, you know it's kind of funny because we're in Korea, and as we know, schlubby white dudes can get some pretty Korean ladies here. Oh, don't even get me started. But this ain't that kind of party in this show. I mean, I look a little closer to Michael B. Jordan than him, and I'm definitely <laughs> not going to try and scoop up his widow, who is like this beautiful model class lady. Yeah, I didn't like that, man. I think for me, I just I just found everything that he started saying outside the dance studio problematic. Yeah. Like legit. Like I do all this stuff for you and, and your son and you're taking advantage of me. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, who told you you had to do all that stuff? I didn't see her like telling you you have to. Like you had to risk your job to do this. Yeah, exactly. You offered that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The only thing that she asked you to do was like pick up Dion. Don't don't give him yogurt or ice cream because he was a bad boy. I mean, like nothing serious. And it's just like you know. And then he's like, "Oh, you you know, you're. I'm tired of you taking advantage of me and that kind of stuff." And I just it made me so upset yeah. because I I felt that like I I think I think I also like 
felt it from my personal experiences with men and it's just like dude i never asked you for anything right why why are you trying to paint me in this light and then she apologized for it and i was like girl don't apologize to him like and i like of course that's when i lost any attraction for him but i think that that moment was important because it started it opened up like his real character to us and then it also added a level of another level of why he was you know getting more and more aggressive and why he went after her and Dion in the end like we all know why he went after Dion if you saw it but I think it also added an extra layer of you know you rejected me so I'm not gonna care what happens to you or your son for me personally yeah I mean at that layer it just felt forced and I was just like it could be written better I I don't know I, and and the thing is, I don't know what is real. Like, is it the purple man, or the, not the purple man? The is crooked it, man. Is it is it that radiation that's affecting his mind to do that, or was that really his character? You know, like they never right. really explored that either. Like, I was I was hoping that maybe they pull that out of Pat, and then he's like, I was in control of myself. I was tripping. Mm. They never really did anything with that, so I it was unfortunate. I was a waste. How do you feel about him being the crooked man the whole time? Like you said, I was I was disappointed. I definitely like I when I say Pat was my ideal type, like he was my uh oh gosh, like uh who's popular in Korea these days? He's the prototype. You ever listen to the Andre Three Thousand song? No. I hope that you're the one. <laughs> if not, you are the prototype. Yeah, if if you want to put it that way, like he was my prototype. That was my guy. And then this was just like a fall from grace to me. And I was like, no, not Pat. But then I thought, all right, well, that made for a pretty interesting twist. I mean, when he revealed himself, I was like, oh, fish. Yeah, like he's that close to to the family. Yeah, "Mm." and all this time, I definitely like widen my eyes at that for sure. I mean- it was fine. I just feel like the show was so decently paced that as soon as kind of episode seven or eight rolled around, it just it just went really fast. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it could have benefited from just better writing. It it kind of felt undercooked to me, mm. the, the conclusion. Did you like the ending, like how they defeated him? Kind of. I didn't really like how they defeated him. It just seemed so quick. Yes. Again, undercooked to me. At the same time, that hint to a new villain, mm-hmm. you know, that I I think I kind of felt that in the middle when we saw, you know, uh, what what was that woman's name? The, the invisible woman. Charlotte. Charlotte. Thank you. When we saw Charlotte leave Brayden behind at the farm and then, you know, you, you saw what kind of powers that kid had, like he could read minds and whatnot. Don't you leave me here, Charlotte. As soon as she left, I was like, that kid is going to raise some hell. Don't leave him. And I I was right. I was right. So I'm looking forward to seeing Brayden again in season two. I didn't, I didn't realize that that lady was, I forgot she was in The Wire. You ever watch The, the Wire? That is also on my list. My coworkers say it's really good. You've never seen The Wire? Look, I was young, okay? I was watching like Cartoon Network and stuff when it came out. So. You got to watch The Wire. I know. I know. The, I... the education season, I think it's like, I think it's season four, season three, season four. I, I, I cried, bruh. It's, it's devastating. But it's so good. Like it, it's so real. Mm. You got to watch it. Anyway. Do you want to see a new season? 
I do. I, th- I think I would. Yeah. What What would you like to see from the new season? Uh, let's see. Better dialogue, but yeah. Um, I want to see uh the same children acting, uh, and I want to see them kind of growing. Like, of course, you know, growing, but I want to see them grow similar to how the Stranger Things kids grew Mm. through each season like i want to see them overcoming new obstacles in life as both you know regular kids and both dealing with the superhuman you know powers and things like that and this new villain whoever it will be i want to see them handling that and i i want to see more of nicole getting used to or trying to help her son control his powers and whatnot because, yeah, now that Pat is gone, she'll have to kind of cover right. for him as far as, like, the morality. Because she was often asking him in the comic books, what would they do in this situation? And now right. that he's gone, he could be dead. He could not be dead. We don't know where he is. But she'll have to kind of, maybe at, at that season, she'll have to start making the books, like, in the short film. Right. Possible. The one thing I did notice is that, uh, did you notice that a lot of characters, as soon as they realized what was happening, they are like, you had to go through this alone. For so long, I realized I heard that multiple times in the show. And I Mm. thought like, wow, like, I feel like that was kind of a reference to to single single parents. I mean, that was an obvious reference to single parents everywhere. But I think she did have more support than she thought. But I want to see her realize that she has support. I want to see more support for her as a single parent. And I want to see like some positivity around, you know, single parenting Yes, I, her neighbor was really cool. Yeah, like I really liked the kind of black sisterhood that, yes, that they I was had. Say that too, that, yeah. With that, um, but her actual sister, she was. Mm, yeah. I felt like she was unnecessarily aggressive. Right. I mean, she came around mm. in time, but yeah, I was like, "Why are you doing this?" And they tried to have a little exposition scene. You quit medical school, and it's not my fault, and blah blah blah. And I, I was there for you the whole time, and I'm like, I would like more showing than talking, but. Right. You know, because they're, they're their family. But, yeah, for me, I would like to see, you know, Michael B. Jordan, His one of his big breakouts was in Chronicle from 2012. Oh, yeah. It had this alien thing that wasn't explained. So I don't necessarily need the meteor shower to be explained. Mm-hmm. It would be nice, but you don't have to. Right. You just talk about the radiation, how it affected people. It's fine. It's like X-Men. You know, you get radiated, you get powers. Who cares? I would like to see more of an maybe a better understanding of his limits because mm-hmm. he got sick because he killed the fox. But he was doing some pretty crazy stuff. I yeah. mean, like, he was levitating, like, multiple things at once. I mean, that's that's a lot of concentration. I feel like his only limit is really dealing with things that have the same radiation as him. Mm-hmm. But other things, like, we don't know what his upper limit is, and I would like to explore that. Yeah. And what are his powers? What are the limits to them? He literally, like, shadow jutsued up a tree. Like Right. <laughs> I mean, just his first time freaking out. He, like, froze liquid and cereal. I mean, that's such a high level of concentration. Mm-hmm. It isn't just, like, I hold up a block. He was, you know, doing toy t- toy cyclones like it was nothing. I mean, like, they're kind of inconsistent about that. So mm-hmm. I would like to clamp down on that so mm-hmm. I know what's going on. What are the stakes? Because it seemed like Jack-Jack cannot be killed, right? right. Whatever name they try to cast Jack-Jack, it's like, bam, he's something else or mm-hmm. he's gone or whatever. So... But it was played for laughs. This is like a serious show. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. it. Anything else? Uh, no, that that was all that I had. Yeah. Let us know what you missed in the comments. Let us know what you think of Raising Dion. 
there are two there are two other shows on Netflix that I want to see, mm-hmm. and maybe we can do a review. I'm not sure. Seis Manos. It's uh, kind of a Mexican centered kung fu animation. I think the animators are the people who did Avatar, mm-hmm. Last Airbender. I could be wrong, but it looks like that kind of style. Mm-hmm. And the other one is Ling. It's an Asian American animation. You know, we talk about blurred culture, but I also want to talk about other people of colors. Right shows too so i'll definitely watch them and we'll see if we can link up at a good time and mm-hmm. talk about them if possible people out there what do you want us to talk about if you guys have any questions or suggestions please message me at bu at b-l-e-r-d period c-o-m com. we're also on facebook at b-l-e-r-d-u-p we're on instagram at b-l-e-r-d period u-p and we're on twitter at b-l-e-r-d-u Find us on Blurred.com, other content there, like Color Commentary. Have you ever, have you ever heard of Color Commentary? Yeah. They're pretty funny. I, they did this Lion King review. Like, what they do is, before they actually do reviews, they'll do, like, little skits. Mm-hmm. And they have video, too. So they do little skits, and they're they're often really funny. So, yeah, check them out, too. And uh, thank you, Marquita, for coming. Yeah. Where can they find you? Uh, if you would like to find me, you can find me on Instagram at K-E-E-T-A-N-I. That's spells Kitani. Um, I'm also looking to, this is like a future thing. Can I like promote myself? Yeah, of course. Uh, like a future far, far is future thing, but I'm thinking about starting a Twitch stream for my video games. Mm. So uh, if you guys have any advice for me for streaming or any kind of games that you would like to see me react to because I react a lot uh, please let me know come to my page slip into my DMs anything's okay can we? Can I react to, to your comment about not liking Shadow of the Colossus today? oh my god here we go yeah we gonna go there I mean Shadow of the Colossus is my favorite PS2 game and I even own the PS2 mm. and the remake is great I bought it for the PS3 and I bought it for the PS4. And mm-hmm. and, and to, to read your dislike, it, <laughs> it broke my heart. It broke my heart. I'm sorry. I played like tw- maybe 15, 20. No, I played like 20 minutes of it. But like 20 minutes? That's right. it? That's it? But like it just it just didn't grab me. I think it's because of the the time it was from. Like it is a remaster of the original PS2. The controls are not great. Yeah. It's it, the controls were just a little too much for me. And like I tried changing my settings mm-hmm. a lot, like every few seconds. But no, it's not for me. They're not great, but they're not bad. I still adore that game. Looking and trying to salvage this. <laughs> Comments. Y'all let her have it, bro. I mean, no. Shadow Colossus is one of the greatest games of its generation. In my defense, I am just coming off from playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. Yeah. In my defense. It is more polished yeah. than that. But it's a different, it's it's similar, but it's different. Yeah. You know, I'm a big Metroid fan. And so it's kind of the, the isolation of of the the Wanderer, right? Yeah, Wander. Of Wanderer. I dig that. You know, there's no there's no map. It's just find it, find the find the thing, kill the thing. How many have you killed so far? I couldn't even kill the first one. I tried stabbing the ankle with the sword. You, no. You, you got to climb up and like stab in the head. I tried. He just shook me off every time. Well, stop getting so shook. Oh my god. Really? Cuz there's some there's some amazing designs and amazing fights. Like I'll save the game mm-hmm. just to be able to go back and like there's one that flies and that's 
it's so great and there's my favorite the one the one that flies and the, the third one is like the tallest one and it's mm-hmm. like it's compared to the first one you fight it's like five times six times it's huge it's so big oh, man. there's so many cool designs there's a horse I, I mean i really hope that you can get into it later i'll try it try anyway it i could be here all day talking about that game and others we're gonna sign off bye y'all peace y'all